0: you have come to a place where all sports matter and some sports just matter more than
1: others. This is the LTV sports cast and now your host Leighton.
0: Welcome sports fans to the LTV Sportscast. Great to have you with us again for the next episode and wow, what a past weekend we had with the English Premier League with that getting going. This week, Manchester team's involved. So, what are we going to do with the FPL teams? And then following that, we're back into the F1, the MotoGP. And unfortunately, guys, if you're into the show for the golf, we're going to land up dropping the golf because we record during the time that the golf is played. So, in studio today, joining us again, Big J Jeremy. And he's going to tell us all about his first week. And then all the way from FPL Fundies, we
2: have Jonathan. Now, right, boys, what do we have to say? Big J. Good evening, listeners. How's it, Jonathan? Welcome aboard. Great to have you with joining us for your first podcast. Hopefully, one of many to still to come, but hopefully not wearing that red hideous shirt that you've got on there. Uh, for the play lis- nice, play nice. For the listeners, Jonathan's wearing a Man United shirt. Um, and those of you who've listened to previous podcasts and heard me go off at Man United, so... I'm and not you'd a... swear
0: you are the Liverpool supporter.
2: No. <laughs> so, welcome, Jono. Jono, the floor is yours, buddy.
1: Yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks uh, Thanks for the invites. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Um, yeah, it looks, it looks like I'm in red and you boys are in blue. So, it's, it's like a Manchester derby there. Uh, you say that, but remember, I'm it?
0: a Liverpool supporter. So, maybe I'm in my away kit for today. That's, uh, let's put it that yeah. way. But talking about that, we are actually away this weekend, Liverpool uh, all the way at Stamford Bridge. So that's going to be interesting. But, okay. So, boys, let's talk about FPL this week, though, this past week. It was particularly terrible for me. 36-point swing, not having the solo in, since I had the Mane in. Uh, I'm not going to get into those reasons why, but I should have followed the killer's advice. And then you and the killer, Big J, you and killer landed up same points, eh?
2: Yeah, uh, shout-out to Andres not on the show this weekend. Um, 64 for both of us. And then he captained Salah and he, he committed to on um, last week's pod that he's going to stick to Salah barring any injury. So I assume for the next game week, um uh, Andreas's pick's going to be Mohamed Salah. I went against that and I went with Jamie Vardy. And I've got... Not a bad choice, eh? Well, I tend to play against the grain a bit. But it did hurt me. There's a lot of people in uh, scoring. What I scored last season on the opening day uh, plus a hundred, so this this time around I'm sitting mid table, watching all the those ahead of me. And but I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm comfortable. Uh, mm. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, and I had that a lot throughout last season. So John, if you don't know my credentials, I finished one four three six in the world last year. First time playing F.B. bud then rip your arm off. Sure, money. and uh, eighteen in S.A. So had I played FPL Fundi League, I would have won your league by one point. I finished one point ahead of your winner, by the way. So sure. so I had an amazing, amazing uh, first season, and the pressure was on come Saturday. And watching Mohamed Salah go off with that hat-trick, um, yeah, I was, I was down in the dumps for most of Saturday until Jamie Vardy and then Reese James came through uh, with that goal and assist for me for Chelsea against Brighton. Jono, how do you, how did you do first week?
1: Um, I also didn't do too well to be honest um, yeah building up towards the, the kickoff of the league I was looking at all these uh, all the guys on Twitter all the experts should we call them experts <laughs> yeah. and uh, also all the guys on YouTube and everyone was pushing like, basically the same team uh, with Solar's captain. And I decided I'd go against the grain and see if I could get a jump on the boys. And, yeah, it didn't work out for me. But luckily, I also had uh, Mahadi and he picked up those two penalties. He saved my weekend. Oh, well, so, no, uh, the keepers so, didn't save I...
0: anything. Clearly, <laughs> when it comes to the penalties. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so but uh, you, you're going to give us all that Manchester advice today because the Manchester teams are, are coming in this weekend. So there's going, to be, there's going to be a lot of that. So we're keen to pick your brain, especially on the United front. Because obviously we don't know with all your signings who's your starting lineup. I mean, who's, who actually starts at Manchester? Or are they just playing a Monopoly game? But like, I see that player, I'll have him. I'll take him, I'll take him, and I'll take him. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. So, right. But uh, let's immediately get into the first game of the weekend. Everton versus West Brom now two two things that it was obvious from the first game west brom not as bad as we thought they were going to be one or at least i thought so Sorry. <coughs> and the second one everton andreas did call it on uh, one of the episodes i think it was episode 2 was it episode 2 yeah the way he said yeah, that in his
2: top 6 in his top 6 predictions he predicted sure. everton could be challenging for the sixth position
0: i think tottenham's dropping out of that top 6 for sure when the way that I've seen the first games, but Everton looked tremendous. And Rodriguez bossed the midfield. Well, at least that's what it looked like to me. The highlights package showed Rodriguez, Rodriguez, Rodriguez. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it was like that pretty much the whole
1: game. I watched that game. Well, I try and watch as many as as, uh, as, as time allows. But, uh, yeah, he definitely bossed the midfield. And between him and Decore, Decore was also, it wasn't letting anyone pass him on the halfway line. Yes. So they were, they were playing like really far up front and they weren't, weren't allowing the opposition to attack no, when I they did they get the ball. Do.
0: If I may ask, guys, if, uh, now see, this is, this is where for myself as generally a non-FPL kind of guy, more into the game, if Rodriguez is, well, start, he's the, call it the second assist that he creates, he's, he starts the move and he, he commands the game, but he doesn't see the points unless he's creating that final assist or he's scoring a goal. How fair is that anyway if you start looking at which players actually
2: are in charge of the field? John, you want to take that?
1: Yeah, well, uh, I suppose the best you can hope for then is that he, he picks up bonus points. Um, but you know, It's a couple of years ago when uh, Kante was still at Leicester that Cinderella season when they won the league, there was a problem with him as well. Is you watch a game and you see that on the ball so much, mm. but then it doesn't uh, translate into FPL points.
0: Yeah, I find that it always always is something that um, it's a little bit sad that uh, I'd like to see them have to the, split the the midfield into defensive midfielders and attacking
2: midfielders. But okay, I mean it is what it is. On that point, um, we speak. Everyone's raving about. Are we, calling, are we calling him James or Hames? I think, I, I think it would be unfair if we didn't go James. 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 So everyone's raved about yeah. the, the chances that he's created. I Who? think uh, James. James. And uh, I think one of the unsung heroes, but we knew going into the match that generally that position is an unsung position to, to the point that we're raising, mm. was Allen. So Allen just protected that back four, and he was rock solid. So he gave, he gave such a, so much of solidity to the Everton back four. Uh, just patrolling in front of them, and and that threat continues to. It began in the weekend with El neni doing the same for the Arsenal defence, um, and then Hoiberg, surprisingly as well, protecting that uh, Tottenham front four. Although the result didn't go their way, mm. so it seems those deep line defence defensive mids um, seem to to have, if if they perform and if they, if they're solid in in that role, they tend to protect that uh, the defensive pairing which Liverpool in their match didn't seem to quite have in their game as well. So mm. I think if maybe in a few years' time or next season or two, FPL could probably look at that because they priced poorly because they don't Score generate, those points. Yes, to your, um, and James or James is going to be... He's, he's generated a lot of the, the uh, opportunities or chances created from quite deep. Mm. So he, and to you, you're absolutely right when you say that ball's going to come over the top. It's either going to go to Richarlison or Calvert Lewin, and they're going to pass off to each other because mm. it's coming from so deep. And Everton likes to run in behind, so yeah. he's going to pop the ball across. Someone's going to get the, the assist, and then he's not. So he's yeah. From FPL point of view, everyone's raving about that Everton performance, um, and and it and they with good reason. Yes. Yeah. I don't see. I may suggest now. Uh, Being the go-to, especially with what we have in a similar price range. So we've got Greenwood for, for Jonathan and the boys coming available, hopefully. I'm, I'm not sure what punitive measures <coughs> there will be uh, for the uh, disc- discrepancy or infringement that he had with the English, England squad uh, during the Iceland game. So I'm not sure if, if Ole and, and the United uh, management will hold that against him because that comes to your decision-making. Do mm. you have him in your team? So, same price point to the point, 7.5, I'd rather go Greenwood over Rodriguez. Okay.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, let's, let's park FPL uh, for a second. Um, if you look at the history of quality sides, w- championship-winning sides, that defensive midfielder has been there always. You're going to be like Claude Makélélé days, you know, players like that. Go, With, too soon. go too soon. Without players like that, there is no championship-winning side. This, watching the way that Everton played, and you look at their first 19 games, or their first half of the season, the only team out of the big six, the big six, I say that in little inverted commas here, that they play away is Tottenham. The rest of it is all at home. Liverpool at home, United at home, Chelsea at home, Arsenal at home, City at home, even Leicester at home. Sorry, no, Leicester is away. It's the only one that... The rest of it, all is home for the first uh, so their first part of the season, and you know Ancelotti is tight. Everton could be could be strong for the league, um, at least top four positions, by midway. At least that's what I think. Jono, you want to weigh in on that?
1: Um, yeah, I think uh, with they've got a and of fixtures to start the season, so hopefully Ancelotti can get them near the top, maybe come Christmas. But I think as soon as they start playing big teams. They're going to, by then, we know what their game plan is. And at the moment, it looks like they're going to pass the ball around the middle. And then either Digne or Allen or whatever, they're going to thread on the sides and try and feed the strikers. And your your big teams are going to shut that right down. But, okay, so, so you
0: say the big teams, Tottenham would generally be considered a big team. Did, was Tottenham that poor that they made Everton look good? Or was Everton no, just that good that they shut down Tottenham? No.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. There's a lot of people giving uh, Mourinho a bit of flack, saying that his his style of play and his tactics are are old school. But I think also he's pretty much had the same playbook since his days at Chelsea. So maybe him and Ancelotti have have, uh, faced each other too many times and Ancelotti knew how to take the game away from him. Okay.
0: So prediction, Everton versus West Brom, Everton at home?
1: I think Everton will win that comfortably. Goals? Lots of goals? Um, well, beginning of the season, people said West Brom probably going to be the, the side that concedes the most. or All their games are going to be high scoring. But after the weekend, I think maybe like a 2-0 win.
0: Okay. And who gets on that score sheet for you?
1: Well, I've got Richarlison in my team, but uh, he might not last long. I might be wild carding uh, after he missed the sitter on the weekend. And uh, Calvert-Lewin, I think since Ancelotti took over and the restarts after uh, lockdown, Calvert-Lewin's looking like a good striker and he's cheaper. Okay. So I might make the switch there and, and, and bank some money. Have you already made your uh,
0: transfer for the week?
1: Uh, I've No, I haven't saved my team. I've got one change made, but uh, you know, I, might, I might make a few more and do a wild card. I haven't, okay. haven't decided yet. Okay. Jay, for you.
2: No, I think I think um, Richarlison had uh, plenty of chances. He could have had a hat trick in that game. Yeah, you see. So, so. And he's and he's quite good in the air. So I'm I'm and then we if we get Dinier coming to form and putting those crosses in, uh, as well as the likes of Rodriguez uh, playing the cross wheel ball, I think Richarlison will revert. And I always use that we should revert mm. to some sort of mean and and make up for that expected goals that he didn't score so if I was Jono I'd keep Richarlison one more week I think for the listeners and everyone out there it's it's one game week so we shouldn't be reading and, and talking Everton into top six and things like that the transfer window is still open as well we haven't seen the other two uh, Manchester teams play so it's way early for from even even from a wildcard point of view to have enough data to make the right decisions now we, there's rumors or it's almost confirmed that Gareth Bale will be coming in mm. for Tottenham. So if somebody who's already played a wild card, um, they they will wait till he's in the FBL game. I don't know how long that will take. Uh, Regulon from uh, Madrid also going to Tottenham. Yeah, but if, if there's two back. players coming from Madrid, doesn't one of them go straight to the golf course? Oh, well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a Gareth fan, so I, I don't subscribe to that thinking. And uh, then Liverpool made the big uh, unveil today of... Mm. Uh, Tiago Alcantara mm. so he's coming in so I think there's a lot so John just if I was you some advice from a newbie and you whether you say oh, what does this new guy playing one season know? um probably hold on to it till after the after the window is closed then you'll have a better idea as to who the guys sign uh, you may want Jaden Sancho at some stage if he does come across the line for United so and they've been very quiet I think I think it's so. The point I want to make for the listeners and anyone looking for some sort of advice is that hold on to your wild card as long as possible till you have enough information to make the decisions. Uh, one one game doesn't doesn't give us enough data to make those kind of calls. For sure.
0: Okay, so then into Leeds versus Fulham, so battle of the promotion teams. I mean, they played each other a couple of times last season. Leeds looking strong. Fulham. I don't know. They're, they're, I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see much happening for them against Leeds. Because again, I mean, Leeds looked impressive against Liverpool. Or was that because Liverpool were poor? Uh, I'm not sure. Jay, what do, you, what do you think on that one?
2: So the Leeds correspondents and those who've watched Leeds throughout the, the championship, and they've got a big fan following when they used to be a big club. So <laughs> they've got people that, that, that are diehards. And they said, number one, Bielsa doesn't change the style in which they play. So he's not going to adjust for another team. So that free flowing football that we saw against Liverpool, we should expect that against Fulham. So based on that, my one transfer, and I was going to bank and roll the transfer. The first transfer that I made was uh, I brought Harrison in mm. for well, 5.5 is good value in FBL. I believe I was also going to go on the Bamford bandwagon. So Bamford and I and I said it in a previous podcast is that he's got a lot of big chances missed. Mm. But when we're looking at that Liverpool game, addition. you look at how many big chances that team creates. Yeah. So Click and Helder Costa as well—they looked very, very, very creative and dangerous for that Leeds team. So I'm expecting Leeds to blow Fulham out the water. If I could, I would have tr- done a double transfer and brought in Bamford with Harrison just on on the affordability. But I believe Leeds will be a very Attacking, free-flowing team. Again, one game's data, mm. and another. The other two for the listeners and anyone's looking for a for a leads defender. Uh, Dallas and Ailing, they looked pretty good to bring them in. They're quite attacking as well. But when we speak about the attacking, if you are that attacking,
0: you are opening yourself up defensively.
2: So yes, if you're going to be if you're going to be looking for the the clean sheets from them, you're not going to get that. But mm. if you're looking for that attacking return. Two assists, maybe the odd goal. The Leeds wingbacks and, and Ailing, I think he plays more centrally. Um, they're, they're a good bet if you're looking to get into that Leeds attack. I, I currently have two Leeds players in my squad. And high scoring for this week, yeah? Huh? Uh, how far do you think? F- F- Fulham didn't create much. Oh, well, we, are we not going to speak about uh, Parker trolling every one of us. First game, an FBL troll seems to troll everyone. First game of the, of the season and Mitrovic doesn't start. <laughs> Mitrovic played 40 games in the championship And he generally plays 90 minutes First game of yeah. the season And FBL does FBL things mm. So normally we expect this from Pep to do this to us But I think Parkus is okay <laughs> Let me pull a pep on you uh, So Mitrovic didn't start and, and, and Fulham looked They had no creativity They had no attacking threat against Arsenal So I'm, if, if we get a repeat of that Yeah but you say that But then it's going straight back to Fulham Bielsa doesn't start Rodrigo either. Yeah. Well, Rodrigo, Rodrigo, yes, so Rodrigo played in, in, in the Carabao Cup last night, if I'm not mm. mistaken. So he's not starting. Bamford is, is starting. But Bamford is his first choice coming from, from the championship. He's just brought Rodrigo in. So till Rodrigo is uh, brought up to speed of the, of, of the Premier League, then only he should start. Okay. But Mitrovic is the number one striker for Fulham. Okay. And he was in everyone's FPL team. And there was blood on the walls as soon as the announcement came out that Mitro was not starting. I didn't have Mitrovic, so I'm okay.
0: I'll, I'll be fine. Thanks thanks for worrying about me. Jono, you what do you think the, the score is going to be? Leeds-Fulham.
1: Um, yeah, also, after watching both games on the weekend, I think uh, Leeds Leeds definitely going to come away with the win, yeah? Um, yeah, Fulham last year, I think they were lucky to come up. They finished outside the promotion spots and only came through with a playoff. Yeah. Um, So after watching the game, I think Leeds probably
0: a 2-1, maybe a 3-1. Okay, so they're conceding for sure. You believe they'll still concede, they'll win, but they'll concede.
1: Yeah, maybe Mitra gets a start and uh, he saves everyone's weekend after letting us all down this week. (laughs) So he was in your squad, wasn't he?
0: (laughs) Okay, cool. Okay, but then then there is into your happy place, what you've been waiting for, United play Crystal Palace. the Man United not not Newcastle Jay. (laughs) Man United versus Crystal Palace. Now for me this is this is quite quite interesting purely because Crystal Palace they have won their first game of the season. They have played a proper competitive match. Their head is in the game. United haven't played yet. They don't know who their starters are. They've got a, a bunch of new faces do you bank on United to dominate their first game against Palace?
1: We, we hope so.
0: No, no, no. China, um, you got to do more than that. got to <laughs> do more than hope.
1: You know, no, I think um, yeah, everyone's waiting for the United uh, and City players to come back to push them straight into the team. And after all the penalties we saw this past weekend, I'm sure Bruno Fernandes is top of everyone's list to get in. Oh, is Martial uh, Although he's a bit of... He's a bit expensive. Uh, no, he's, he's first choice for penalties. Yeah, no, no, um, I'm just talking about the guy who John, dies for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Marshall, he doesn't dive a lot. He just gets fouled a lot in the box. Sure, sure. Okay. Cool.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: so, um, yeah, I think people with money to spend, but I, I mean, in the midfield, you've got Aubameyang, you've got Salah. So I don't know how many people are going to make the switch, especially. I think a lot of bringing KDB in, or De Bruyne. Yeah, sure. So maybe maybe Fernandez's ownership won't be so hard, but I think, uh, yeah, Martial's probably a, a good shot. And then people, people with a little bit less to spend will probably be looking at Greenwood to bring him in. And but I think, think with United... Start. Well, I think with United not getting the Jadon Sancho transfer done, and there was rumours we were in for Bale, and Bale's gone to Spurs... I think that's, that's pretty much confirmed that he's going to Spurs. So, yeah, I think Greenwood will start. Okay, I think, so uh, what does that midfield Ole look like for probably, you guys? Well, I think Ole is probably going to stick to how we, we finished off last season. So, I think we, we'll have um, Martial up front by himself, yeah. and then Bruno in the middle, and then I think we'll have Rashford coming on the left, and uh, Greenwood on the right. And then maybe Fred and um, Matic across the middle. Okay. And then in the
0: defense, how how does your defense look first week?
1: Well, uh, yeah, that's a a big question. I I don't know if, uh, I think Luke Shaw will probably get the left-back position. I don't know if uh, Brendan Williams is going to take that. Um, Wan-Bissaka, I think, is fine for right. And then, yeah, we we don't know what's happening in the middle. Old Liberty, Lindelof, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have that in my team any day. Not my FPL, <laughs> not my Man United.
0: What about your, your captain? Mister, do you know who I am? <laughs>
1: old Big Head.
0: Yeah, that's the one. like a bobblehead. Yeah.
1: Maguire. Uh, yeah, I think he'll I think he'll start. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's got a suspended sentence, I think, for his uh, trouble on holiday and a bit of a fine he had to pay, but um, I'm sure he's club captain. I'm sure Ole would have sat him down, spoken about what happened, and uh, yeah, I think we just focus on the football and concentrate on our season.
0: Do you bring any United uh, defenders into your team? Would that be something you'd want to do long term?
1: Um, if I did, I'd probably same as last season. As I'd probably only do uh, Wan Bissaka, and that's purely because he's a solid defender. Even at Palace, well, I mean. The reason he caught the eye of Palace was he was solid on the defense. He always gets back. His work rate's very good. But then uh, he offers an attacking threat, okay. running those wings and slinging those balls over.
0: Okay. Jay, anyone from uh, United that you're, you're
2: keen to look at it for the team? So I'm, I'm giving United a miss this game week. Um, I'm not sure with Crystal Palace. They, they, they tend to be a banana skin team hmm. as well for a lot of the big clubs. When Zaha is looking for a move, mm. generally prior in the transfer window, you get a different Wilfred Zaha. So that's mm. when, he, when he shows up because he's most of the time auditioning for, for suitors. So you would have noticed when he scored the goal against um, Southampton, no celebration. He was so surly and, and uptight after scoring mm. that goal. So whenever when he wants to leave, you get a different Wilfred Zaha playing. So yeah. he could he could get one and they could shut up defense there. Uh, they do have a makeshift defense. They've got Chick Coyote playing in, at center back and with Scott Dan. So there's a lot of uh, second-rate center backs that uh, Roy Hudson's using. If Martial carries some of that preseason form through because he got an assist and a goal for France... Mm which generally when you play on with Mbappe and Griezmann you don't expect Martial to score. So he okay. did pretty well and he, this could be his season for United. So if there's somebody that I would and and I'm considering it would be Anthony Martial uh, for United. My my pick for the season overall for Man United is Rashford because mm. he's playing in defense and he's going to get the additional defensive point as well as midfield playing in midfield, sorry, play in midfield yeah. so he gets the defense point as well as the additional point for scoring a goal. Yeah. So Rashford is someone that I, 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 is my punt for the season, but he was injured, so I'm not sure how where, where they stand with regards to that. So the whole thing around United is the availability and what the squad fitness is going to be like. Pogba was diagnosed or was in contact with COVID. We had Rashford with the injury. We had Juan Bissaka in quarantine. We had Maguire in Mykonos. So, so, the, so the squad's a bit... Um, I, I don't know. I would say fragile. So I would, I'd, I'd give them an opportunity to audition for me uh, against Crystal Palace, and then take it from there. But United at at home, and I've I've watched United through their glory days at Old Trafford. They're a different beast. Mm. So if they if they live up to that, they could they could blow Crystal Palace out of the water. But it, again, it's undecided. It could go anyway. Uh, it could be a draw. It could be a one-one draw as well. So I I'll, I'll watch and see.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm pretty much on the same thing. I, I really like, when I was looking at the, the FPL, um, the cost of the players and the assets, whatever you want to call them, before the, the first game weekend, I looked at a lot of the United players, and I thought to myself, Oof, it's a really good pricing for some top-scoring players. But then, obviously, with all the transfers that they've brought in and the, the sheer amount of players, and does Greenwood start? Do we even know who's going to be starting? Who's going to be... There's too many unanswered questions. I, I myself, if you asked me before I watched Crystal Palace last weekend, I would have said, United, easy, they're going to smash Crystal Palace. I think Crystal Palace is going to have a bad season. But like you said, with Zaha auditioning, he's putting his best dress on. He's got his high heels on and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he, he's running down and he's going to be scoring goals. He's looking keen. He wants to, He wants to go to the prom with somebody else. Fact. That is what it is. So, I see. I see a tight one for United this weekend. I've probably got a draw on that one. That would probably be where I land. And I do. I do see. I see goals in that, but like a two-two kind of thing. I think Zaha has got, like you said, some goals in him. John, you you obviously, like you said, uh, a United supporter. So I'm not going to ask you to go against your team. How far do you win it? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, depending on which Crystal Palace rocks up on the day, um. I don't know if I see them scoring, so I'm gonna go three 0 win United. Ah, there we go. And who who's on who's on your score sheet? Uh I think Rashford. Rashford will get one. Okay. Rashford likes to play Pellets. Um and then yeah, uh Martial and then maybe give us a penalty. Give it to Bruno Fernandes. I, I'm sure I'm
0: sure you guys will get one. I mean you guys work hard for them, so I'm sure <laughs> at you'll at get one. At least there. one. Says the guy who
2: got two last week.
0: I didn't do anything. I got none. I had Marnet.
2: Remember, so I'm, I'm talking about your Liverpool team. So, I mean, they were they were legit penalties. <laughs> we're very quick to play. We played down the Liverpool penalties, yeah, and when United gets the penalties, it's yeah, they've been gifted. So okay. you're the that, one who brought it. up. That was the narrative that I picked up over the the past weekend was that the. The Liverpool guys just played it down, but if it was Bruno taking those two penalties, then it would but, have been but, the biggest talking point of the weekend. So yeah, it's 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 funny. I've
0: got no qualm with Bruno taking the penalties. It's the way that the penalties arrive is probably the bigger question. Now, I mean, that was like you said, that was a question over this past weekend, entire in its entirety. And then you spoke about, obviously, uh, back from episode one, you spoke about penalties featuring as such a big part of FPL and the Premier League for this season. You said you thought there was going to be more. First weekend shows, whew, Jay's on the money again. Now, I mean, not, I don't particularly want to call you the oracle, but if you keep it up, I mean, I suppose at some point in time I'm going to have to say it. I wish
2: you just translates to my FPL team. I would have had Salah. Yeah, but you didn't because
0: <laughs> uh, because you triple, triple
2: uh triple captain. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like we had somebody in, in, in the fundies league.
0: Yeah. Now how much what was the top uh, top scorer in the Fundies League? Um our
1: top scorer this week I think it was 114. hundred and fourteen. Uh, and it was a lady, Jen.
0: Okay, do you know her personally?
1: Uh yeah, it's uh mate of mine, it's his wife.
0: Okay, cool. Does your wife know? And
1: he sports Man United, so that's why she triple captains a so lot. Ah, <laughs> she's a smart lady. So I, don't know, yeah, I don't know if she knows more than us, or maybe she just did it out of spite.
2: I had a look at her team. She's got quite a solid team. So, for yeah, I was quite impressed. Even... So just on a side note, uh, Taryn beat both myself and, and Andreas as well. Taryn being Andreas Andrea's wife. wife Yes. Oh, so Taryn, okay. Taryn's beat both Andreas and myself, so she's ahead of us in, in the other league as well. So <laughs> the ladies are doing it in FBL. Sure.: you know, maybe we
1: should get a, do a ladies show. the ladies can do a draft and we can copy their teams. Yeah, look,
0: we, we don't need to need to go that far. I mean we can think <laughs> for ourselves. I mean it's, it's bad: first enough. Week, it's
1: first week, it's early. Beginner's
0: luck. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, credit where credit is due. I mean, they've obviously picked their teams. Uh, like you said, the, uh-huh. the, the lady in FPL Fundy's team, you, you looked at her team. You said, or you looked at her team. Pretty solid yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. Pretty good. So it is what it yeah. is. I mean, when it comes down to something like this, a supporter is a supporter, and you see things, you see things. So fantastic, and kudos to them. Now, kudos to, to the champion in our league. Um, Kyle, he I think he scored eighty something points. Okay, that is the, the top of the the podcast league. So Johnna, you still gotta join our podcast league. And anybody that yeah, listens, sure. we are keeping we are keeping the league open for any listener. It's just to see that we can engage with our with our listeners. Right. So Kyle First, before this, I've been talking to him quite a bit. He said he's not going to tell anyone about our podcast because he wanted to keep the secrets to himself. He said after game week one, he'll only share it with his WhatsApp group. How nice of him. So you've obviously led him into the promised land right now. So he's doing pretty well and he's pretty chuffed. And he said to me he's looking forward to tonight's episode. But then let's go into the last game on Saturday, Arsenal versus West Ham. Bameyang, Bameyang, Bameyang.
2: Well, that's my captain for the weekend. Mine too. uh, At the moment. Well, when I planned planned my squad, it was he could have he could have been captain in both the games, and he did get a return against Fulham. He's just signed his new contract. What a nice reveal driving into the Emirates Stadium that they did quite a. They've had the Black Panther mask on the table with a pen and the captain's armband, so they did quite a little teaser with him renewing the contract, and he went and stated after after that I think on Instagram that he wants to be a club legend. So generally when those things happen in the background, and, mm. and I always say I, I play FPL from looking at what takes place just off the field, so generally you'd expect that weekend when something like that, there'll be a lot Confidence, of hype yeah. and... and there'll be you can imagine the post game interview after getting a hat trick and then they talking about him renewing the contract and him repeating that statement so i generally as play and i look for those things in fpl so yo yeah, Yang's my captain um we're stem against newcastle over the weekend newcastle looked amazing first half we looked like a big 6 team with the structure and the shape and the way we dominated the game in the first half quite i was very very happy with our new signings as well so I think, and Arsenal and West Ham tend. I've had a look at the p- previous five or six games. They tend to be high-scoring games in there mm-hmm. as well. So I can see Arsenal going off. And Arsenal, we didn't, we haven't spoken about them a lot this evening. And uh, they were pretty solid in their performance against Fulham. Um, their midfield and El uh, I was quite impressed again. These unsung heroes that these teams have playing DM for them. So Elneny seemed to protect that, that back four. I wasn't impressed with Gabriel. So listeners and anybody else who wants to join the bandwagon, Gabriel's goal was the second goal of his career. So everyone seems to be on the bandwagon getting him in. One of the it's, top five guys moved into teams this week. I saw yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think he got 14 or so for the game, if I'm at, with bonus. Mm. So he's, it's his second goal in his entire career. So I don't expect... Too many from him in this season, revert okay. to mean. Yeah, so saying. Arsenal Arsenal should should blow West Ham out of the water and that's what we all hope for. Uh, Moyes Moyers will come back and he'll push back and th- he seems to have a bunch of fighters. But as I alluded to in the pod last week, there seems to be infighting, uh, with the captain speaking up against the Diangana uh, signing and they sent him off to West Brom. So I I don't know what's what's the culture like in the club, but Arsenal to shoot them, out, shoot them out the water
0: okay Bamiang Hattrick let's hope so because I've got him as captain too
2: well that's my plan oh. as well
0: okay cool nice Jono for you how many Arsenal players yeah, on your also, team this weekend
1: Um, I've got Saka in the midfield okay. I bought him in uh, when I was doing my drafts for a cheap midfield option and it looks like he's quite an exciting player very cheap and I think he's going to get a lot of starts under Arteta I think he enjoys his style of play Um. But yeah, I also, I, I can't see West Ham getting anything out of the game on the weekend. They, they were lucky to avoid relegation after lockdown, with Antonio hitting form and scoring four goals in the one game. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think the West Ham camp's in a good place. I don't think the people are happy with the owners, or owners are looking to sell. Um, and yeah, Arsenal, last season their home form was amazing. I mean not that they're gonna need it against West Ham. But uh, yeah, Aubameyang,
0: It is a London derby, it isn't like it? Yeah, you
1: know, it is a London derby. West Ham is a bigger London club, but yeah I, I just yeah Obamayang signing his new um deal at Arsenal. Mm. Last year I had him in my team a couple of times, but they kept rotating between him and Lacazette. But it looks like he's the since he's got the captain's armband, he's gonna get ninety minutes every week, hopefully. Yeah. And yeah, I think he's gonna put the goals in.
0: I think so too. Uh,
1: not, a, not a bad shot for a captain.
0: Do you think he makes golden boot this year? I think must so. Must be in with a
2: shot. Yeah,
0: I think he's in more than just with a like I said, just a shot. Like I said, he was rotated quite a bit last season, and this season, yeah, captain get enough game time, game time, sure, goals galore. That's if Gareth Bale can get off the golf course and onto the field. Maybe he can score some goals for Tottenham. We're talking about Tottenham' first game on Sunday. Two of the uh, game week one disappointing teams: Southampton versus Spurs.
2: Yeah, well, I'm I'm a bit concerned with Southampton. They lost they lost in the Carabao Cup to Brentford. I think it was two 0 last night. Mm. So I don't know what's happening there. They they played such a high line at a stage. Of watching the game, I thought they a bit overconfident last week probably from the 7-2, seven, seven seven drubbing that they had in one of their friendlies, where everybody seemed to get on the score, score sheet for Southampton. What's concerning was Bednarek, who seems to be a solid week-in, week-out performer and always in the team. After the first half, uh, Hassan Nuttall took Bed- Bednarek off and brought in Vestergaard. So I, I think there's a bit of the bit of issues there in the defense with Southampton. Um KWP Kyle Walker Peters played very f- high up the pitch, uh, very attacking. I think he's one of the defenders with the most touches in the opposition uh, penalty area, but the goal did come through that channel as well. So Kyle Walker Peters, amazing asset going forward. But I think with the defender, you also want to get the clean sheets coming from there for the for the FPL if list, FPL listeners. My um, my, my worry and concern is around McCarthy because we all seem to have him in goal. And if that Southampton defense is leaky, uh, McCarthy is going to – I mean, if we had a different keeper this weekend, some of us, he the keeper would have been quite a good differential to have. Yeah. So McCarthy seems in, he's in everybody's template team. Um, Jono, I haven't seen your goalkeeper. Do you have McCarthy as well?
1: Uh, yes, I do. Yeah,
2: so when when if, with Southampton leaking and probably they're going to concede against uh, Tottenham, um, I, I think I'm going to look at some stage to make the move. Martinez has signed for Aston Villa, so he will start there. Definitely, he'll be he'll start. Um, then when when Heaton comes in, it should be close competition. But they played something like twenty million. So a club like Aston Villa paying twenty million, I can't see Martinez sitting on the bench. He's very good when it comes to shot stopping, so he'll get a bit of bonus points. Mm. Um, so I'm I want to probably look at moving away a bit of a differential because we all I think you've also got McCarthy
0: uh, based on your advice.
2: Yeah, I originally had I think Ryan in. So we had we had a, the, everyone had a, the fixtures for Southampton still looks good, uh, just they didn't show up against uh, Crystal Palace, and mm. now we don't know if 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 Hassanotl and the one thing about Southampton do, uh, to highlight is last year after that Leicester drubbing, uh, was it nine? Was it eight or nine? I think it was nine goals that Leicester put past them. Mm. Uh, and that team bounced back. So they have that bounce-back ability as mm. such. So after these two poor performances, I'm expecting and hoping uh, that Southampton come back into it. But it's quite challenging because I've got Ings Ings leading the line in my FPL team, and I've got McCarthy in goals. so And I've got Dohti, who I've kept. Mm. So I've got my defender or my attacking defender against my goalkeeper, so it's quite a conundrum this week for me. So you want a, you want a, a draw there? I'll take I'll take a nil nil. You'll take a nil nil. And J- Mourinho is good enough to give us that kind of drab nil nil draw.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, what uh, I don't, I myself also, I'm I'm not sure what to expect. I don't know what Tottenham turns up for the game. Southampton last season were poor at home, good on the road. Southampton are now back at home again. And they're playing Spurs, Spurs coming across. Spurs, obviously, there's a lot of uh, repairs that they have to do from game week one to instill confidence in their, their fan base and get some confidence in their own players. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, very disappointing first weeks for both of them. So not sure how they bounce back from this. Jonah, how do you see them bouncing back from this?
1: Um, yeah, also, I mean, obviously it was first first game week. So you can't really take too much uh, into account there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Southampton started, or well, they ended the season really well after lockdown with Ings picking up a good couple goals. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I think with, with that team, if Ings doesn't perform, they're not getting goals from anywhere else. So, Sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure Spurs will bounce back as well. They've got a good good team. I think they're still missing Ericsson since he left and went to Milan, uh, what's it, one, one, two years ago. So yeah. I'm sure they would, have, they would have done a bit better this weekend had they done the bail transfer a couple of weeks ago and not left it so late. But uh, yeah, I don't see Mourinho lying down for Southampton, even though it's an away game. So I'm sure he'll bring the fight to them. It might
0: be quite an exciting game compared to the two boring games we saw this past weekend. Do you think uh, Gareth Bale the, or the the new signings inspire confidence in the current team? The, because I don't see any of the new signings starting this weekend. Obviously, do do they play better this weekend, or is it low on confidence, poor performance?
1: Um. Well, I think. If you're if you worried about your position, you need to rock up this weekend. Mm. Otherwise, you straight to the bench next weekend. Sure. Um, I'm sure a player like Bale, I, I think they're getting him on a free. I think they're paying his wages. Yeah, or but he's not, his wages but are, not, are not free. <laughs> he,
0: yeah. he, those wages are very expensive. He's paying
1: 15 million a year or something. Yeah. yeah. Fourth That's highest paid golfer in the world.
0: That's right. That's right. Newcastle versus Brighton.
2: The big castle, the, the real United, Jay. <laughs> yeah, come on, you magpies. So Callum Wilson, wow, on debut. Yeah. He's, he's, he, he gets Amazing. in and he gets a goal. Um, Hendricks, I've heard them call him Jimmy Hendricks. Uh, he, gets, he gets in, he gets a goal. And then in the Carabao, uh, Ryan Fraser as well. So the three new signings all did pretty well for us. Um, I'm quite excited by that Newcastle team. They've got a bit of a 90s vibe to them. So Because mm. uh, Andy Carroll won everything. I think in the first 30 seconds, I thought he could get a red. Uh, jumping up to win a ball, leading with his elbow. I think it was Yamalenko. I and mean, it looked a bit rough. But thereafter, Andy Carroll won every single knockdown to the feet of St. Max. Mm. And he ran, through, uh, ran, ran the ball out. So that Carroll-Wilson combination, should Andy Carroll stay fit? And he played deep into, into 80 minutes, which generally comes off around the 60th minute. So I was very, very, very impressed with what I saw from, from Newcastle. Yes, it's one game. Mm. I, I think the key component, the two things that stood out is um, St. Max transitioning the ball. So where you get a Man City play out from the back, Newcastle give it to St. Max and he runs out with it. And, and he was at the, at the end of Saturday the most fouled. He had eight fouls against him in that game. So he transitions the ball from defense to attack for Newcastle, which gets the ball up. To the guys, then who can we can make an impact? Uh, John Joe Shelvey as well, spread the ball, very good passes, a transitioning and a play for Newcastle. I'd like to see a little bit more fire from him, a little so he can drive the game because he's he's a quality player. Mm. So if he can he has do a that, temperament as well. Yes, somebody said to me they don't want to see too much of fire from him because he's going to see red. Um, so Newcastle, I'm I'm quite excited. Brighton, Brighton did some, some amazing stuff. The youngster Tariq Lamptey, skinning old Al- Alonso for Chelsea. I mean, mm-hmm. he left Alonso for dead on three or four occasions in that game. So he could be a hemf- handful. I think I called him out as a as an FPL prospect to ha- mm. to have as well. Um, when their fixtures turn, I'm definitely going to look at that. But from a Newcastle point of view, Callum Wilson could be a lurker as a as a six point five a cheap striker if you're looking for that. Mm. So if again when the fixtures are ideal, uh they could be which will then enable you to to pump up your your midfield with the big Man City, Manchester, United assets that are coming available from from this week. Mm. So the there is value in the Newcastle team. Brighton Brighton looked pretty good. Troussard Troussard's goal, but Kepa the less said about Keppa the better. I think I think he's conceded eight out of the 13 shots that he's faced in the last couple of games. So if you shoot mm. at Kepa, so for Mohamed Salah, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a tip for you. <laughs> Have a pot at Kepa, and uh, yeah, it'll be at the back of the net, and you'll walk away with another hat-trick. So anyhow, anything that goes at Kepa, he lets through. So Brighton, Brighton had a very good game, mm. uh, Newcastle challenge, and I was very impressed with Newcastle in their game. So it could be exciting. So, but Adam Lallana off the medical bench uh, to play a
0: game and then he's back on, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but these Liverpool boys are weak. they <laughs> He's not a Liverpool boy
0: anymore. He's Brighton boy. Anyway, but yeah, so uh, Brighton, I mean, I don't see big things from them. Yes, Newcastle again, like you were saying. They're looking like a solid team. And there is points there for them. And I think they go W-W first two weeks, win and win. So, uh do I don't? I'd actually be honest with you. I don't see Brighton scoring goal. I think it's clean sheet for Newcastle this weekend.
2: Well, no. those 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 boys in the back are staunch. They're, they're mm. some of the biggest defenders. Uh, as I said, it's got a very '90s vibe type of team to wow. it. And um, yeah, they they they'll be tough. Isaac Hayden. Wow. I I I haven't really watched him play before because he's either red card and suspended or injured. And he was a beast in that midfield as well. So Newcastle's looking good. No, mate, congratulations to your team. I mean, you've worked so hard. (laughs) (laughs) All the years and years of support.
0: Jono, Newcastle Brighton, prediction, what do you
1: see? Um, Yeah, after watching the game on the weekend, I also like a bit of Lamptey. Uh, I think all those people uh, all all of a sudden jumping on the Gabriel bandwagon, you could rather look at Lampty. Um, and I know, yeah, Brighton, I think also Dunk. Dunk's normally in everyone's team for a bit of value for FPL. So mm-hmm. I think Lampty's probably a better shot. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd take any Brighton attacking players. Okay. Uh, New, yeah, Newcastle Newcastle look good, and I think the more these guys play together, the better they'll get.
0: Okay, so what, the, uh, what's the result? Give give us a score a score prediction.
1: Um, I'd say...
0: Maybe 2 0 Newcastle. Okay. Wow. So, I'll yes. So, we're, we're, so, Newcastle, we're, we're all, in, all in agreement. Now, look, tongue in cheek, I don't want to necessarily say it again. I know I, I, I had a laugh about it on the first week when I said game of the weekend. Really, game of the weekend <laughs> Chelsea versus Liverpool at Stamford Bridge. One of them has got a blink. Who's blinking first?
2: Well, I've got a funny suspicion that uh, Frank's Frank's playing a bit of possum uh, with that team that played against Brighton.
1: Mm.
2: Um, He kept Alonso on when he could have brought in Aspie LaQuest as a player on that side uh, of the defence. When Alonso was getting turned and skinned by Lamptey on every occasion, he kept Kai Havertz and I had Kai in my team. So I was kind of disappointed with Kai's performance. And once again, having Hudson-Odoi and a couple of other replacements, uh, Lampard could have made the change and his bench was quite deep, having the likes of Tammy and Giroud. Yeah, maybe not as deep in midfield, but Barkley could have come on earlier mm. had Kai uh, not performed or to, to, to what the game plan was. Because Kai, Kai, I think from a debut point of view, for what, 76 million Euro player, I mean, he was diabolical. And Mm. Lampard kept him on, and he kept Alonso on. So I don't know if there's a bit of skullduggery going on there where he's giving um, Klopp a bit of false sense of what the the Chelsea team's about because Kai should have been playing at the 10 or supporting striker, Mm. and he played out of position. I know when Ziyech comes in, Ziyech is going to slot in there. So we could see Ziyech, Pulisic, Kai as well as Werner in the front four for Chelsea against that uh, lackluster Liverpool defense. What happened there, Leighton? Yeah, well, look, the imperious uh, VVD.
0: Um obviously there's been talk about him still suffering from the uh <laughs> from the concussion back in uh, pre-season friendlies. Um Yeah, there there was Okay, Liverpool are leaking that that's as clear as daylight. There, there's some work that needs to be done, and you speak about reverting to mean. And teams as a whole can revert to mean. I remember last season Liverpool had lost two one to Arsenal, just after lockdown, and then we came out, and smashed Chelsea five. I say smashed Chelsea five three. I know Chelsea scored three goals, but it, they weren't ever really in the game. Okay, that was Liverpool at Anfield. Again, now we go to Stamford Bridge, we're going away, like you said. Is Chelsea playing games? Is Lampard playing games? Has the team not gelled? Andreas made that call. He said that it's still early days, the team has to still gel. To say, does Liverpool... I don't see Liverpool losing the game. Because I know they create chances. The difference is now they're pushing because Liverpool still also push and attack. Although the final ball was something that did lack against Leeds. There there was problems there. There was no problem with the push into the box, in and around the box. So they could be pegging Chelsea back. Again, you're asking me, do I ever go against my team? I think uh, (laughs) Liverpool win 38 games this season, obviously, (laughs) clearly. Um, whether we win them 4-3 every single match and we have a goal difference of 38, we still have all the points in the back. so I don't know. It's, in, in terms of a, of the game as a whole, I, I'm, I can never go against my team. Liverpool walk out with the victory I, purely because I don't know how well gelled that Chelsea team is. Because Liverpool, although they have been lacklustre at some point in time, they have to pick it up again. And they're a team that knows each other really, really well. And they know how to put it together. Do they put it together against Chelsea? Jono, um, obviously, like I said, I, I'm pretty biased towards Liverpool, especially when it comes to calling results. And I'm going to tell you, because Mane still in my team, that he's going to get a hat-trick. But... For you as a United supporter, it's obviously very important for you to make sure that uh, no other teams get ahead of you. So you'd like to see a draw, realistically.
1: Yeah, pain, you know, it pains me to, to say it, but I think Liverpool will, will come away with the win here. Um, yeah, Frank, I actually had Chelsea uh, doing quite well this season, but mm. I think they've made too many, too many signings, too many new players. Um, and I mean, Frank only started two new new players on the weekend, and I mean, yeah, Car Habits. I, I thought he was going to do a lot better than he did. He was very lackluster. So I think if Pulisic comes in, they'll they'll play be- uh, play better. But then if you bring in Ziechn, then you've got three new players, um, and also you can't get can't get past how bad Kepa is. I just see. I mean, if Liverpool are, are playing in Chelsea's half, it's just going to be goals. I see, I see
0: a big score. Now, that Pulisic, though, and you do, do mention his name, right at, right at the very beginning, when I showed Jay my team, I had Pulisic, and I, it was a big thing that I was asking, does he start on game one? Because it was a 50% or whatever, and they said, no, if, it's, if he says 50%, you don't put him in there. No. That's just the rules. So, the, the unwritten rules. Was well, Andreas and myself right? <laughs> clearly, you guys were right. Uh, I'm not saying you were wrong. So, but Pulisic, man, what a player.
2: And he's selfish yeah. as fuck. He is selfish. So okay. when he gets
0: the ball... Pulisic is selfish, but you want a player that for believes in himself. You want a player that believes in himself. And Christian Pulisic yeah, is a himself. fantastic player and he backs it up. Okay, so that is there. Yeah, he, yeah, just he's
1: one. just a bit fragile. Sir, Sorry, John. Yeah, I can't believe how bad, uh, bad Mount was for Chelsea. Last season he was amazing. And it's, uh, he's still cheap. So you'd think like a lot of people were looking at Pulisic, but you're not sure because of the injuries. Maybe instead of Pulisic, you'd put Manton this weekend, but he was just nowhere. He mm. went missing. So,
0: yeah. Well, would you be if if you had your way, would you put in Liverpool or Chelsea players at all in this in this week?
1: Um, yeah, I wouldn't put any Chelsea defenders. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Salah Salah will probably get on the score sheets. I think a lot of people doubted whether he was going to hit the ground running this season. I was Uh, one of them. (laughs) Yeah, but he's had two. He's had two really good seasons in the in the Premier League, and looks like he's off to a flyer again.
0: Uh, Well, two penalties, but okay. Given his goal was a cracker, but
1: uh, (laughs) he was on the ball a lot. He was very busy.
0: But then Jay was talking to me. when you're speaking about
2: expected goals, and you say, you obviously, you said you still believe you made the right decision with not putting in Salah. So Salah's non-penalty expected goals was 0.38 for the game. So Mm -hmm. he was expected from this performance. So yeah, I think he had 22 touches in the penalty area, three shots on target. That was the two penalties, and then the worldie. So if we had to replay that and, and get that defender to play the ball onto Salah nine times out of 10, he probably put that in one out of 10 times. So... The expected goals for him, this is coming from the quant of, quant, uh, quantitative uh, analysis and optostats stats and those who play the game with stats, mm. 0.38 was his, his expected goals if we take the penalties out. So, because c- I kept watching and I said, is he dangerous because is this keeper saving what Salah's doing? And there was no saves. Mm. So the three shots on target, so he had 22 touches in the box. The three shots on target were the three goals. So other than that, and, and uh, for me, Liverpool's creativity, and that's why I'm glad f- for you guys that you guys are getting Thiago coming in, mm. the creativity lacked. And the the biggest iconic player going into the season, most owned by any team, uh, Trent Alexander, he went missing and he was exposed on his, on his wing. And it's happened a few times when you go hard at Trent mm. uh, that you expose his defensive frailties. That's having, always been there. Having said that, mm. looking at his... Uh, his performances against chelsea he's got in the last few games he's got a goal uh, i think in two of uh, out of the last three or four games che- against what a free kick though. against chelsea yeah. so you're expecting again reverting to mean at some stage so people have been transferring trent out wholesale so i think it's a bit risky because when he's got a very high ceiling yeah so when he explodes uh, a lot of people are going to regret it and then they to get him back in when you're making those changes in FBL at seven point five for a defender, it's not easy to fit in. Yeah. So you don't leave that money lying around. I've played I've played the odds, so I don't I did I don't have Trent, I've got Robo and Robo mm. got the assist. And Robo's looking pretty good uh, from preseason going into the charity was it charity shield or charity? Community. Yeah. Community shield. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Robbo looked pretty pretty decent, and he went on to get a return in the game, and he's, t- he's on corners as well. So if you don't have the money to spend on Trent, uh, Robbo is a good alternative to ensure that you have cover for the for the Liverpool defense. And uh, Virgil looked pretty attacking as well. He could have had two goals yeah. in that game. So if you if you want to have cover. And he comes in even cheaper. He is, but then if you're looking for that just defensive cover to cover the clean sheet then Gomez, I think at 5.5 yeah. he's going to start for a bit. There's rumours that Fabinho could drop into defence yeah. I don't see Klopp really going with the Engli- um, English international and putting him on the bench uh, yeah, for, for a midfielder, so there's, yeah, there's chatter around Fabinho dropping into defence when Thiago arrives I yeah, so um, 2-2 is what I'm, what I'm, what I'm calling okay. for the game 2-2
0: draw and then off into the last game for the the Sunday, uh, Leicester versus Burnley. Um, you had Vardy and you had Vardy in as well, eh, Johnny? Both of you. So yeah. you guys aren't transferring him out, are you? Eh? Keeping him for this
2: game, eh? Well, brave call, eh, boys? Brave call. But again, when I selected. Got the group last season. Well, it, yeah, that that's that's exactly reverting to me late. And so when I made the when I made the call for my game week, and, and I was quite down in the dumps after Salah's hat trick. Uh, I said I was starting to think, wow, is this is this is what I predicted that my first season was a uh, one-hit wonder, yeah, I, and I called it in the first uh, the first part that I could be could have had a Leicester season, and looking at that, and I was down in the dumps, and then Vardy came through, because again, reverting to me in the Golden Boot winner, if you've got him in, any the goals come from Leicester from that channel, I must say Harvey Barnes could have had two or three in the game. Mm. I had I've have him in my team and he looked he's just he's just missing that clinicalness uh, to his game because he had he brought out two saves from the keeper that I can recall and he could have he could have had a brace in that game so Harvey Barnes is still in my team Burnley's uh, Sean Dyche sets him up like a shit brick house so their defense is going to be hopefully or, or the expectation is that they're going to come with their solid defensive structures and be very abrasive which Burnley usually is mm. but. Uh, Vardy will tend to score again reverting to me and it's something probably we need to do a pod just on that so Vardy has scored in his last five games against uh, West Brom so the average said if he had scored four times and he was going to go at equaling Ruth Van record of scoring five times against the same team Mm. and he did
0: yeah he 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 has a habit of reaching those goal scoring records, and he's
2: got a, he's got one or two against against Burn. Well, Vardy scores against nearly anybody, yeah. so he has one or two against uh, Burnley as well. So you're quite
0: excited, eh, Jono, with uh, with Vardy for the weekend, eh?
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with Vardy. He's uh, been in the Premier League long enough, and um, you know, although Burnley is a very defensive team, I think four out of the last five. There's been three goals with these two, and uh, there was always 2-1. Okay. So you know, hopefully hopefully Leicester get the win if it's going to be 2-1. Yeah, sure. But, uh, but again, on.
0: from uh, from an FPL kind of thing, even if they lose 3-2 and you guys both have Vardy and I mean, it's still any scoring goals for you guys, you're, you're generally happy. But um, expecting Leicester wins, that, that's pretty much it. Less at home, King Power Stadium getting in the w
2: so a lot of people had justin in their in their team mm. and he he, he's, he played on 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 the left hand side and throughout when pereira was injured he played on the right and he seemed so comfortable he seemed like a suitable incumbent for pereira on the left he looked out of depth he looked he looked awkward i think that's the word i'd used to describe him he mm-hmm. almost got a red card uh, if if the referee had given it a red uh, for the tackle that he last-ditch tackle that he dived in with both feet I don't think VAR would have overruled it because the attacker was on his way uh, towards goal. So he got a yellow card there, and he got kicked in, in the shin and went down for the assist. So, yeah, that's nice of him. He, so from an FPL point of view, um, that was good because he got the clean sheet and the assist. But watching the game from an ITS point of view, I wasn't impressed with him. But the right back on the other end who got the goal, Castagne, I think how you pronounce it, a bit expensive at 55 and obviously when Pereira comes back, uh, maybe he will not be in that position Maybe because they say he plays on both sides. So mm. I don't know why Rogers put Justin or kept Justin We he seemed to be a bit awkward in the left-back role. Okay. So when Pereira comes back, to have Pereira and Castagna and then Johnny Evans when he's when his suspensions finish, uh, serving his suspension, uh, Leicester should have a pretty good uh, defensive setup. There's even rumors that Pereira could play in midfield. Okay. Because of his attacking uh, well, it's, well that becomes very
0: interesting because then first game that he does come back, all of a sudden a nice defender to pick up Yeah, it'd be out of middle. out
2: of yes, very good for FPL. out of position if they play him in midfield and if so he gets a goal. He, he becomes the six. Lundstrom of uh, that that's 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 the that's the talk around some of the Leicester Leicester fans.
0: Okay. So but Leicester for the win for you as well, AJ? Yeah. Okay, so Leicester Leicester, um and then yeah, I can't see Burnley. I, I did think uh, I think I remember picking Burnley to be one of my teams that goes down for the season. I don't see them doing big things. Right um, into Monday night games, Villa versus Sheffield United, and I I don't I don't know how that goes. Uh, I can't I can't see who's going to get the win over there. To be totally honest with you, Jono, for you man.
1: Yeah, I think I might uh, have an early Monday and go to bed early rather than watch that game. <laughs> I don't think it'll be too exciting, to be honest. Sheffield's normally a defensive team. Last year, they popped up with a couple goals. Um, but, yeah, I, I I don't think I'm going to stay up that, eh?
0: Yeah, look, I mean, well, they did lose to, um, Wolves. She- to Wolves, but Wolves looked decent, though. Wolves looked
1: amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah So um, and uh, again, Monday night, the the Monday night game to speak about being Wolves in Man City, which follows because Wolves looked that decent against Sheffield. And the fact that we haven't seen Villa play this season, are we writing off Sheffield
2: immediately? I think from Sheffield's defensive stability last year, um, Dean Henderson played a big role in that. And when I looked at the game as well, and I looked at the Ramsdale, the two goals that were scored, there's a question mark. Would Would Henderson have saved it? And I think probably with the second goal, Henderson definitely would have probably saved it. This, the first one was a good take by De, um, Jimenez. So if they don't have that Henderson, they're pulling off some of those worldies. And, and Henderson was uh, a lot of the time winning, winning the... The bonus points for them from saves so he was a key cog in in the defensive structure for the Sheffield team but they didn't look as defensively solid which what what they reno- renowned for mm. um, they conceded two goals pretty early I must say after the goals was conceded they managed to to get some showed some stability in there they've got a lot of new signings as well there's a lot of unknown and I think Players around the six hundred thousand pound, eight hundred thousand pound mark that Wilder signed. So we don't know much about their pedigree, mm. but from what we know about Wilder, he tends to to spot a, a good asset for his team. So, yeah, Sheffield Sheffield didn't look great. We everyone probably looking at Aston Villa with with, with Grealish mm. uh, having having got his English uh, England international call up. Yeah. Call up yeah. um, what what he does for his confidence. Uh, we mentioned earlier that Martinez could be in goal. For them, Konsa not a bad bad asset from an FBL point of view. You got a couple of goals um, after project restart. Mings is pretty solid as well. So Aston Villa could could be anything. I predicted that they'd be one of the teams that get relegated based on their performance last season. But if they strengthen in, in in defense, and I I'm a big fan of Martinez, he could make a bit of a dif- difference in 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 the back for them. So. I don't. Um, I'll wait and see on that game. Okay. I'm not going to make a call.
0: Not going to make. Ah, oh, come on. Hazard a guess for us.
2: One 0 Villa.
0: One 0 Villa. And you'll be sleeping. So when you wake up uh, to for the Wolves City the game, so you snooze through the Villa Sheffield. How do you see that going?
1: I think that's going to be a cracker. They should have had that on the weekend. Not so late on a Monday evening. Okay. So. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's City's going to hit the ground running. Obviously, Pep, Pep's eager to get off to a good start after Liverpool picked up the win on the weekend. Um, but yeah, Wolves looked really good against Sheffield, even though they only had those two like really early goals. Mm. Um, yeah, I think they look good. I was worried about Wolves' defence with uh, Doherty going to Spurs, but uh, yeah, they looked solid at the back. Obviously, they haven't been tested yet, not against the likes of City, but... Um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a very exciting game to
0: watch. Okay, so then, then let's talk about the um, the elephant in the room. Which City player do you put into your FPL team?
1: Who's going to start on the bench?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Pep's going, to, Pep's going to surprise us. Pep's rotation. I, I think from a from a FPL, purely FPL point of view, I think you've got to come to terms with, with Pep Roulette and... Um, you go with it. So if, you, if you've got a player like Marius in your squad, and Marius is extremely explosive. He's got mm-hmm. a hat-trick in him. And if he doesn't start, you, you have a contingency in place so that you get somebody else coming off your bench for, for, for a two-pointer or, or a one-pointer in that regard. But at the end of the day, when Marius does go off, that game week there, your, 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 your team and your score is phenomenal. So... I'm. And that's the strategy that, when it comes to a city, that I'm looking to explore. A twelve-man team. Correct, and and take and take and take the rough with the smooth as such. So when when Mahrez is benched that game week, you 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 accept it because you go into it knowing that Pep plays. He likes to rotate his team. Sure. I don't know how much he's going to continue doing that because it created a bit of inconsistency in their performances last season, and sometimes he was playing down disrespectful to the opponents, where he plays two midfielders at centre-back, I mean, in the, I think it was the Carabao Cup against uh, Jono's team there, he played no striker. Uh, He had KDB playing as a a false nine, but so deep, no striker, and again, quite, in my opinion, against the opposition, quite disrespectful, no striker, um, no no recognized defender um, Mm -hmm. in the starting lineup, just so that he can rotate. And that came to bite him in, in, in the behind a bit last season because he couldn't create that cons- especially in defence. You've got to have your Gomez, Matip, uh, Virgil van Dyke playing game in, game out because you understand the defensive structures. Mm. You get to read each other, especially pulling the line, holding the line to get those offside calls and the likes. So I think he maybe he may rotate a, a lot less this season. However, when you go into it, and when you, when you choose a city asset, you go you go in knowing that he's going to rotate, and if it rotates in your favor, I remember one game week last year, last season, I had Foden, KDB, and Sterling, and that was the game week they all scored. <laughs> so I, I think I got five goals out of the three, and mm-hmm. I was having quite a poor game week, and uh, that's how they arrived. Uh, and there was, I think it was also the last game week, the last game of the of the game week as well in sure. the evening. So. You got to go with that, and if he benches, if he benches the two of them. So when it comes to Pep, you got to come to, come to terms and accept that. And if you're going to go with it, don't be disappointed, because mm. on another day, a Abenado Marias is going to give score a hat trick, and then you're going to be flying in FBL and and vice versa. So again, there's going to you got to find a mean in that. Yeah, sure.
0: Okay, look, and then you touched on it earlier in the episode. Uh, we've obviously got your opinion on it, John. I'd like to get your opinion, and you touched on it as well. You're potentially looking at the wild card where Jay says definitely do not, look at, do not look at the wild card this week. What is the value in looking at the wild card this week so early on, from your perspective,
1: Jono? Um, yeah, so I think a lot of people that weren't planning on wild carding so early would have had maybe one or two uh, Manchester players on the bench so that they will use their free transfer this week and maybe start the week with two players, maybe one from each side or two Man City players. But I think if you're using a your wild card now, now that you've had that one week blank, you over that, you can now load up on on City and Man United players before, like the weekend, two, two players really had price increases. And also when people started selling off their assets, we've also had price decreases already. So I think if you use a wild card now, and you put two or three of those premium players in, you can catch them before the prices go up too much, especially if they have a good weekend this weekend.
2: I think my my theory with, with regards to that, especially with um, United and Manchester City assets, would be uh, how amazing are they going to be ahead of whoever you have in your team currently? And are they going to be sure. that great, that their returns are going to be that phenomenal, that you so the most powerful chip in FBL from what i've heard in the, in the 12 months playing this game is the wild card mm. and especially with covid coming into effect as uh, one or two players if they're sharing a dressing room or sharing the the, the, the same coach as they go to games there could be teams there could be players that if they're infected they've got to be taken out of the bubble they've got to be in isolation so they won't play and if it's two or three and we don't know what what the the scale would be but from a risk aversion point of view, you, keeping the wild card will then, in that specific game week, so if City or, or United have an, half their squad coming down with coronavirus, uh, Or anybody's you, squad. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but uh, generally, we, we tend to load up on Liverpool, Man City, Man United, so you've got three and players. And Chelsea this season. Yes, you'll have three players in your team and then you have Foden and Greenwood going off with some girls in the hotel room and breaking the bubble. If that mm-hmm. repeats... And, and, and somebody gets infected and the squad gets infected, that most powerful chip that you have in terms of a of a wild card is gonna be lost. So I'm 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 very cautious this season. So last year, John, I played my wild card in Game Week Two. So yeah, as a you newbie, I I, I so picked he, the wrong. Speaking so scru- from experience, uh, so I picked the wrong team in the first game week. And I was like, okay, 103 points. Okay, this is great. This FPL is easy. And then all in a second, they they're all playing against each other, or they are not playing. I had Origi in my team in game week one, so you can understand my my newbiness. So I played it, in, so I don't. At the end of the day, I think it's everyone's decision or it's their choice when they want to play. A good point that Jonathan makes is that the price, you can play the market, and and I generally do that when my wildcard's active. If I know a player's, there's a couple of apps you can be on. If I know a player is going to rise in price, I get him in early in the week, and you're hoping for a 2.2 increase in price, Mm -hmm. and the maximum that a a player can rise in a week is 0.3. But if they rise in point two, you can sell them off. And for somebody else that could be rising, you can make a bit of value in your in your squad. So but when you I, can benefit from that, obviously, later at a later stage.
0: Now, I'm going to ask you, Jay, not to keep all the secrets to yourself. Those apps that you speak about, if you don't mind pushing that to the our Twitter channel, the at LTV, uh, at LTV underscore sports cars. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're not uh, following our Twitter channel, it's at LTV underscore SportsCast, S-P-R-T-S-Cast. Jay will um, push to our channel the
2: apps that you can use. Plus, there's, there's also team information that comes out uh, mm. from, from, from some guys out there, which gives you um, in terms of injuries. And they, expect, they, they follow, they, they've got inside information to some of the, the physio rooms in, in mm. a lot of the teams. So that, that, that information... If it
0: was cricket, that would be forecasting and illegal, right?
2: I, I guess so. Okay. Um, and uh, then there's also the for forecasting, predicting of fixtures, especially when there's cup runs and things like that. So there's, there's two bins that you can follow. So if you, if you subscribe or if you follow the Twitter page... Uh, ltv broadcast I'll, I'll share that on on the page so you can look at that it helps when you know who's injured uh, what's the what's their return time so it, it assists in your in your planning
0: i appreciate that okay so again for the listeners um please join our bragging rights uh, fpl league so if you are a listener we are keeping it open we're not closing down the league it's just again we'd like to bring our listeners in and we'd like to see the first person hit 100 in our league so we haven't had that just yet and then, obviously, in our show notes, you'll be able to see um, the links to our Twitter hand, our Twitter feed or our Twitter handle as well. So, yes. So, we've got uh, just to wrap up on the Wolves versus City. Because I know we've spoken about, and obviously, Wolves good last weekend. City coming in this weekend. A little bit of an unknown force. A little bit of roulette when it comes to the players. Wolves are still at home. Not an easy game for City. What do we see from that? Jono?
1: Um, yeah, I think I think City will win. I just don't know how comfortable it'll be. I also know uh, Jimenez likes to rock up against the, the top six. So I can see him getting a goal. Um, maybe a 2-1 or 3-1 City. Okay. Maybe 2-1. Jay, for you?
2: If we have Laporte and Laporte, I'm not sure. I think he also came down with coronavirus. But if he's available, I'm not sure on that. I think 2-0 comfortable city. I think just for the listeners, for a bit of a punt, if you want to look at it, uh, the goals have got to come somewhere from city. And I think somebody that's overdue that owes a lot of, that owes city, in fact, is uh, Gabriel Jesus. Or, or Jesus. I don't know how we no, we're pronouncing it right for on. the show. It's obviously Jesus. 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 Yes. So, James and Jesus. James so, and Jesus. So, so I think Gabriel Jesus. If I, I saw earlier on uh, Aguero's on the, on the turf, he's, he's running around cones and things like that. I don't think people risk starting him um, on the first game. So to lead the line should be Jesus up front. So if you're looking for a punt, I'm considering I'm considering if I do take the hit, because um, I've done my one transfer is to look at that. He's going to be a massive differential because all the boys in red are going to either go for um, Martial or Bruno Fernandez. So no one's going to be looking at the most attacking side in in, in the Premier League. Sure. who's got capa- who's got the capability of plus the 100 goals? Yeah, if, the goals sure. have got to come from somewhere. So yeah. I think if if Ings if if I'm not happy with Ings and if I don't like what comes out from Hasselnoth in the press conference tomorrow. Um I'll probably look at Gabriel as a punt, and that's other tip for the for the listeners guys Pay attention to what the press conferences are once again if you follow the twitter page of um, l t v broadcast sportscast sportscast <laughs> I'll share that I'll share that uh, on the page um, maybe the later on after the show this evening, so you can be prepared for tomorrow when when the team news comes out and you get the pre pre game press conferences from the managers, they kind of explains Ole always misleads us by the way Jonathan he could she could have he'll tell you he'll tell you in the press conference Pogba's on his deathbed and then on the that kickoff you see Pogba's in the squad so one of the persons not to trust is Ole um but it's important to listen listen to the press conferences Okay, okay get that information from a number of Twitter feeds
0: Oh, brilliant! Super, Jay. Thank you so much on that. Now, um, obviously, before we before we end of the football section, we need to ask.
1: Can I jump in there quick?
0: Yeah, please, Johnny. Ask,
1: ask, ask Jerry, um, would you go Greenwood or Foden this weekend for From a, a bit of a punt or value midfielder?
2: From the price point, so if Marius if Marius is also I think down with COVID, if I'm not mistaken, then it gives an opportunity for Foden to start. Mm. Six point five allows allows him to allows you to free up somebody else. So I'd I'd go Foden. So I've, I believe he's going to step into that silver role, and he's versatile and his finishings there. However, however, if Crystal Palace plays a tight line and keep it narrow, they're going to they're going to hold back the the United front too, so Martial and and Rashford may not get the space, and generally, uh, the guy that p- pops up and and comes as a lurker, but behind them would be Greenwood. So if I was going for United asset uh, for for the game week, I would be looking at Greenwood. Again, I'm not sure if he would start, mm. and with COVID, so looking at the the odds and then the risk analysis of marius probably not starting, it then probably would we can assume that Foden would start probably ahead of uh, Greenwood okay
0: so now gentlemen captain for the weekend you've said Abamoyang I've gone Abamoyang Jono, who's your captain for the weekend
1: it has to be Abamoyang
0: is it eh? okay they, wow they so i we're in consensus here so i gents? think
2: i think Andreas and 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 I'm a bit disappointed, Andreas. We both called. I called out Podence. He liked Podence. Podence got the assist. Yes, he did. And he didn't put him in the in the team. Did you put? Yeah, you put him in the team. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I, I, None of you I, put I him. I, Yeah, yeah. I didn't have enough. Uh, but and I think Andreas is captaining Salah because I think we, he's committed to Salah until Sala gets an injury. So just for the listeners, um, Andreas predicted. Sala as captain and he, he got forty points out of that. Yeah. I predicted Vardy as captain and we got twenty six points out of that. That's so both good returns. F- yeah, so. for the show for, from a from a captain prediction point of view, if I don't do Aubameyang, and this is a little being a bit sneaky, mm-hmm. it could be a City asset that I would bring in.
0: Okay, like a Sterling. Like a Sterling. I was thinking a Sterling. <laughs> he or does
2: or Jesus. Correct, correct. There's, there's goals there. So mm. that's the thing with City. We've got to find out where the goals going to come from. So. Everywhere. It comes
0: from everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, no, look, fantastic team, fantastic players, and they do score a lot of goals. Okay, gents, thank you so much for the football section. Um, obviously, we get to hop straight into the Formula One. Uh, Jono, you're staying for it because you're a Formula One fan. Isn't no. that right?
1: Yeah, uh, Ferrari fanboy. Although, much like a United supporter, not doing so well over the last couple of years. Recent history. Okay. Um, but you're not much of a McLaren fan, or okay. Mercedes rather.
0: Okay. The uh, silver arrows don't McLaren. grab you, eh? Hey? You, you don't no. love the Lewis, eh? Hey?
1: No, <laughs> I think I think the rivalry stems back to the the Ferrari uh, heydays when it was Schumacher against uh, Mika Häkkinen. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, always always been a Ferrari fan, but uh, yeah, that's not not a very good uh, not a good team to support at the moment.
0: Okay. So Magello recap, boys. Uh, two red flags in one race. I mean, madness. Tuscany. What 13, thirteen? Thirteen drivers managed to finish. Thirteen cars crossed the finish line.
2: Yeah, something crazy like that. Yeah.
0: So that was I mean Max obviously uh okay let's let's get straight back on to Bottas gets gets the jump on Lewis on Lewis. Right. So things go swimmingly for him. Max gets the jump on Lewis. Carr seems to just lose power. He falls back. Chaos in the third corner. Red flag to follow. Start the race again. Lewis gets the jump effectively on Bottas, and then then it was pretty much a Lewis race from there on out. But back on the restart, yeah, that was oh yeah, so it was obviously the
2: the safety car. So I I've got two two contentious issues there. So why, out of all the circuits that's available, is it just because it's Ferrari and Ferrari's home circuit and it's their thousand Grand Prix that they gave them a Jello? Because the drivers didn't know the circuit, they were unsure of themselves. There, there was, I mean, yes, they professionals and that type, but there was no. T- I think the only two, as we discussed last week, would have been Charles and uh, Sebastian Charles that man. would have, would have known the circuit because it's 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 their test track that I think Ferrari owns. Mm. So why 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 would we risk uh, giving uh, make, giving that grand prix to, to uh, making that an event when? No one's driven that circuit, okay. and and it's and it's quite a high speed circuit. There's very little braking zones in that in that circuit. So that's my first point, and and, and the second the second bone of contention was Lewis on on, on that on that restart. It
0: wasn't Lewis; it was Bottas on the restart.
2: No, but he pushed. So he's he's got so much of experience, and he he knows about restarts because he's cause, yeah. Cause, that's the thing. No, one Lewis is always perfect. No, but so uh, no, Bottas yeah. didn't have the confidence. So he was so. Regardless, from, from experienced race driver like Lewis up front, uh, pushing Bottas on the line, they caused the Constantino effect. Once that happened, mm. everybody else then uh, you could you could hear Grosjean uh, on on the team radio that somebody at the front's trying to kill us, and <laughs> that would have been Lewis because had he give, and backed himself because he always passes Bottas. So why on that straight take such a high risk manoeuvre uh, by pushing everyone? And 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 B- and Bottas did the right thing again. The weaving I didn't enjoy.
0: They all do it.
2: However, Lewis should have been res- more responsible with the experience that he had. He never passed them. He maintained the same distance.
0: Now remember, I'm not a Lewis fan, but it okay. doesn't sound that way okay. on every episode that we put no, together. But I'm not. I'm not going to hop onto the hate train. Although, again, he's, I don't, I, I've never supported him as a, as a driver. I'm not going to hop on the hate train with Lewis. The thing is, it's a straight at Mugello. It's a motor... G, well, I, again, watching enough motor GP, you've seen amazing things happen on that kilometre straight. Bottas, th- there's two places that Bottas could have um, pushed on the restart. It would have been before the final corner if Lewis had weaved to the inside and Bottas had the power line to then take the apex and accelerate out. That would have probably been the safer option. But the the commentator did speak. He'll probably ride it slow till, till the start-finish uh, line, and then he's going put to the, put the hammer down, which he did. So no, there was no problem in the front. The problem did come from the midfield, where the midfield were assuming that we were going to go, and then they went, thinking that we were going to go, because they were trying to judge when... Bottas was crossing the start-finish line. And then, obviously, they saw. oh, well, we're not going. So they hit brakes and then chaos behind. So the, the problem came in the midfield. Johnny, you watched that, I assume?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for what? me also, it's... I, I don't think i blame the guys in the front. But, I mean, even, like, the car should always... You're not going to ride right behind someone. If, if you get a jump on the restart, you want to pass them. So I don't know why the guys weren't, like... Not single file, but some to the left, some to the right, and you can kind of judge the car in front of you when they're going, and, and then you put the foot down. Why someone would be driving in the middle of the track makes no sense to me. You can't guard on both sides of your car, Well, so, you yeah, can't swerve one win way win. To, de-
0: to 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 uh, defend the line.
2: <laughs> I think that's why I
0: raised yeah, the point from the, been the Sorry, yeah, that, from the drivers being inexperienced on the circuit. Sorry, what was that, Johnny?
1: Inexperienced from the. Just an experience
0: from the younger guys in the in the middle of the pack. Okay. Yeah, so the, then the then the, the Grand Prix back on it. Uh, we're we're back riding and then shortly after that, chaos again. I mean it's just we're we're riding it's chaos, red flag. So it it's sure. Yeah, it grows on like you said. Uh, he's obviously he had he had a lot of things to say which i always find funny because if you go back into his history uh <laughs> a, as a driver it was if there was chaos it was grosjean that was making it now he gets to oh, point to, order. yeah and he gets it gets to to point fingers at uh other people this time but yeah they're dangerous situation those cars are fast uh bad things can happen so yeah again no fault at the front so the red car, a red flag the race they come back to the um, eventually you know into the pits do, do what they need to do come out and they go from a standing start again and then it was it was uh, Mercedes dominated all the way through practically uh, there, there was no there was no one that was competing it was always interesting to see who was going to finish in the the rest of the positions, but yeah,
2: that was. I, I like the comment from the, the Red Bull, um, team radio, and when, when Albon got past, I think it was, was it Perez? Who was it? that he really got past, and the team said, "Now you go after Bottas," and I was like, "Yeah, it's my
0: boy, Max." He got uh, yeah, he passed Ricardo.
2: Uh, it was Ricardo, was it Ricardo? Yeah, it was yeah. Ricardo. Albon, and yeah, Albon. So Albon, Albon had a great drive. What a what some those those maneuvers. those maneuvers. It, 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 so the two the two weekends the gasly the gasly win and then albon making a podium so I, I think from from a spectator point of view and from a viewership i mean all the excitement that you kind of want very unsafe uh lewis hamilton very unsafe uh. very unsafe kind of grand prix but uh, the excitement and from a, from a from a viewer point of view you 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 stay glued i mean all those restarts and um, formation from the grid and things like that. I know Vettel was upset. Uh, yeah. I listened to his post-race. When interview. isn't he upset? You're, was...
0: you're, you're, you You're, you're a Ferrari man. Um, when yeah. isn't Vettel upset? Well, I think now, now that he's
1: out of contract, he's
0: he's going to be upset till he leaves. Okay. Do, do you want to? Yeah, you want to give well, us a little I, more on well, I mean, on on Vettel there?
1: Well, I understand the frustration because the car is nowhere compared to where, where it should be or where, where it used to be. Ferrari's just going backwards in the pack. Okay. Uh, it used to be, it was very tight between the Mercedes and Ferrari and they now they are nowhere. I mean, the racing points are a better car than the Ferrari.
0: Well, it's got Mercedes engine, so obviously. <laughs> but yeah, yes, Ferrari that's scored that's points, eh? I, I'm, I'm yeah. surprised they managed to stay in. I don't think if it wasn't the stop start, I don't know how their their car would have handled.
2: I think back to my original point about it being a they were the two most experienced on that circuit. So they they kept their cars in the race by hook or by crook. So yeah, yeah, I was I was just looking in hindsight looking back and saying, Was it because it was the thousand Grand Prix that they gave it to uh, yeah, Ferrari yeah. to have at mm. at Mugello it, which is uh Ferrari owns that track, and it's it's their it's it's their test circuit, if I'm not mistaken. So that was yeah, and then I looked at the amount of crashes, and they they're trying to make Formula One safer, but then you take take it to a place with a high, very high speed circuit. Nobody knows the track, and it's so wide, a lot of people could be driving astern, and that that happens. So yeah, back to back to Ferrari. I think they knew the circuit, so they 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 got by.
0: Okay, well, okay, let's just quickly. I just want to. Get past this myth you might be putting into our listeners' ears. It's uh, the reason why we had Magello in, is obviously they were looking at circuits, safe circuits, circuits they could get to without a lot of, um, without a lot of uh, transporting of goods and so forth and so on, a lot of travel to get from circuit to circuit so that Formula One can get in a relatively jam-packed calendar. They're means- going to
2: rush. I, I I disagree. I think it's got to do with Ferraris.
0: It, Russia's Europe. So,
2: so how far so- is any of the other circuits in, in, in the European which they normally race at? How far is that? Oh,
0: what about restrictions, COVID restrictions, all those things there's in those no, countries? There's no
2: such in Europe at the moment. It, uh, I believe it's, it's the Ferrari dominance and the monopoly. We need to look... <laughs> so when I look at a sport, as I said, same with FPL, I look at what goes on on the peripherals of it. Okay. And they, they, um, why? Nobody knows the circuit except these two boykeys driving for Ferrari, that they put the Grand Prix there. There's massive crashes. And... At any at any given stage, when you analyze, you say because the well, drivers Cho- don't know. Charles the Leclerc
0: was in front of the the crashes, though, in in his defense. Yeah. Though, so that's my cons-
2: before he was falling back. That's my conspiracy theory behind it because it, the distance to travel is is is, is, is probably two hundred kilometers or three hundred kilometers before you get to the next circuit, and that's not a lot for Formula One standards. Okay, fine. Jay, will let you we'll
0: let you have your conspiracy theories although I do not buy into it. are you buying into the conspiracy
2: theory? Yet? He's a Ferrari fan.
1: Jono, yeah, I, don't, I don't buy into that. I think uh, it's, it's an international standard racetrack, and give us our point. Come on. No. <laughs>
0: and do aliens exist, Jono? <laughs> uh,
1: hmm. uh, Did they say you're I'm not reserved, allowed to tell yeah. us, huh? <laughs> no, fair enough. I haven't seen one.
0: But though, um, well... Illegal aliens? No. Okay, we're not in America. Easy. So, uh, Max Max was unhappy, though. I, I did, again, Red Bull race radio might be the most entertaining race radio I've ever heard. Ever. Besides Kimmy. Well, Kim, you know, Kimmy's a man of few words. He has things to say, like leave me alone, things like that. So, I always enjoy that. Don't talk to me in the <coughs> corner. So, yeah, so... Yeah, we do love that. So, again, if one takes a a one-week break before they head on out um, to... They're out of Italy. I'm not sure where they go to. I just have to double-check. Russia. Russia. It is Russia. Okay, so happy hunting ground for Max there, I think. So I think the Red Bull are hoping to be strong.
2: Max thinks the car's shit. The car's absolutely... It's the same car that won him the Silverton Grand Prix, listening to him afterwards. Now, the car's absolutely rubbish rubbish oh. uh, and it's the same car that put albon onto podium yeah. so K- keep in mind
0: that f1 drivers seem to be the most emotional people yeah it's a pre-madonna thing once you world. become the lead driver in the team yeah and it's all about the car anyway and however rubbish it is so exciting things and i know we speak about it first i call it the first leg of the double header at uh, Misano gp man how exciting is MotoGP gp
2: to watch another first time we 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 spoke about this the previous the previous time that we can't see predict where the winners are going to come from yeah. and so I, I watched my first highlights package of of, of motor gp and i I, when I looked the guy at the front and valentino behind and I was like this guy's solid he, he can't he can't yeah and Moby Bobelli, then I find out, no, he's, he's one of the guys from the Academy.: Yeah no, 46 Academy. He's, he's the head of the boss, and then the other youngster went past, and wow. Yeah, Pego Bangnania with a broken leg.: well, Oh, okay.
0: Second place, broken leg. Every time he hops off the bike, they give him his crutch. Incredible. Now, see, that, that, that is now, that is what motorsport should be about. It is that exciting, given. We were looking at potentially three three Italians on on the podium, and uh, Valentino made
2: some very poor mistakes. Forget the mistake. That's that guy Mir, that pass. I, they, were, Mere, yeah. they, 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 they were. yeah. They were bedmates. I've never seen two bikes that close I, again. I, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, you need to. Mm-hmm. You, I, I'm going to show you some highlights between Valentino
0: and Marc Marquez when they, when they were rubbing knees a little bit, getting getting a little bit close. Yeah, so that. Yamaha, like we predicted last week, um, came through strong on Mizano. Um Rossi said the race was one lap too long for him, but he did make mistakes. I was not expecting to see the mistakes that he did make, but he did make mistakes. So. But then again, Morbidelli, another winner in MotoGP. I think it's uh, the fourth first-time winner of, the, of this season. Four new people who have never won MotoGP races have won the
2: season. So, Nathan, you you pretty uh, experienced in MotoGP. Is it is it a COVID thing? Is it is it testing? What's what's made it so unpredictable and, and so many different winners this this particular season versus prior seasons?
0: It it might be the fact that there is less testing. Now, John, again, you watch a lot of MotoGP, so I I don't know if if you're going to agree with me on this one, but with Marc Marquez not there, the the whole the who gets to be king, you know, the it, it's, it's sitting open right now and everyone's trying to stake a claim. Maybe they haven't had enough time to develop the engines. Maybe everyone is developing that well that they can compete that really it does come down to racetracks that do favor specific manufacturers at specific times. Like Mizano, I said last week, favors Yamaha, and we have seen that. It, it favored the Yamaha. With Quattoraro, though Quattoraro did fall, again, you know he was looking good and strong as well. So what happens now? The second leg of Misano, Yamaha's are going to be strong in Ducatis did struggle. So, but yeah, again, Ducati being an Italian team, Italian racetrack, sure. Gianna, what do you think, man? Yeah, I think
1: the the championship being so wide open, I definitely think the Mark Marquez being missing has got a big role to play there. Um, But yeah, I think it's also, it's probably a lot down to the reduced time for testing. I think the bikes are a lot closer together than normal uh, or in previous years. Because I mean, just looking at the, at the Austrian uh, GPs, the back-to-back, the two in a row, Mm. the one weekend uh, Binder did so well and the next weekend you've got, a, you've got a different three or four guys competing up front for the, for the podium positions.
0: Yeah, and that happens because there is so much data and information that is collected on a circuit from the first time running that they, that they know when the second time comes running the changes that they will be making, when they can see that they can make the changes, where the teams that have performed really well are, in the, are at the assumption that, listen, we are that good if it if it ain't fixed, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, kind of thing. So, so what what do you do? So, yeah, but I can't see Yamaha not doing well. I would like to see Valentino get onto the podium, and I think Davizioso landed up uh, now taking championship leader, eh, and he finished what sixth, fifth, sixth, somewhere there,
2: So midfield, yeah, no, midfield. midfield.
0: No I mean, who who would have thought that you finish fifth or sixth and then you take over the the championship? It, it's madness. It it is amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, it's wide open. Yeah, Even the constructors. Sorry?
1: I said even the constructors is wide open.
0: So this weekend, I I think uh, Fabian Quattararo does come. uh, Now, Morbidelli is obviously his teammate, but Fabian Quattararo, if he's... I see Fabian taking the victory. I see Morbidelli having a strong weekend. Uh, Peko Bagnania, he's obviously healing on each... On each uh, race as as time progresses, sure, man. What a weekend to look forward to, especially again the second part of the double header. So very excited. So, uh, Jono, who do you pick for a pick for a win there?
1: Um, I also I also like uh, Paulus Balger quite a bit if he can keep his bike on two wheels. Yeah, but the KTM struggles, um, man,
0: uh, at the at Mizuno.
1: Yeah, um, I'd like to see Fabio come with a win. Okay. To just to just to make it more exciting in the championship. Sure, sure. <laughs> can it get more exciting? <laughs> it, I, I don't know. It it possibly can.
2: I'm um, I'm gonna go with Vinales. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's he got looked, a lot to He looked memory. promising. He looked promising there, so I'm gonna go with Vinales because it's so random.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna go and say it, and you guys can all curse me later. And say that, And That's another one of your biased calls that you make. But Brad Binder, I know KTM has struggled, but I, I really think he might have it in him. <laughs> so uh, we all be screaming for Brad.
2: From a South African point of view, we all scream for Brad.
0: And he's not, not just from a South African point of view, he is an exciting rookie. You know, you've got the rookie in the, in, the, in the season, and he's got to win. He's the first rider to do that since Mark Marquez. You know, there's so much that he'll be learning, that KTM is learning. I'd like to see how fast they do adapt. Okay, given yes, I probably think uh, Quattro is going to come out and get the W for the weekend. But okay, cool. And then lastly, to be to end of our show, let's quickly talk about the upcoming upcoming fight of the USC for this weekend. So, not the prettiest card, but it isn't one of the USC main events. But we do have Covington versus Woodley now. Covington notorious for for running his mouth. Uh, whether he does it again for your theatrics that you do tend to enjoy, the the WWE type theatrics for, for MMA. And he's fighting against Tyron Woodley. Now, Tyron Woodley was a, was a great champion when he was champion, though he also has a lot of complaining in him. He complained when he was a champion. He said that uh, Dana White doesn't even want him as a champion. And then... And it almost looked like his heart wasn't in it when he lost to Kamaru Usman, although Kamaru Usman, fantastic, fantastic fighter. Um, and then he just has never seemed like he's into it. And you spoke about people just earning their paychecks or seeing out their contracts.
2: It kind of seems now with, the, with, with, with these fighters, especially the ex-champions and things like that, that after that first run or the first successful run, there's very few that can come back and, and continue and once they've seen the glory and, and the spotlight and earned those big paychecks but he never did. Tyron never did because he never pulled the numbers. he's never that exciting. No, but I mean as a, as a champion you're not you, you, you're getting paid okay, you're getting fed. yes. Um, so once once they've get get to that level then then, then those fights become a bit yeah you know, uh, can I can I stay safe? can I protect myself? can I can I, can I write out this contract? So I've picked up that trend. With a lot, of the, a lot of the recent fighters, because really now, I think, either than the, the, the dominating DC, John Jones, and Stipe, uh, very rarely you're getting the the, 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 the lower weight categories uh, that they are coming back and, and, and regaining their titles. But it's not as much as, as in previous times where, where you would have somebody come back and win the belt two or three occasions. So it seems after reaching those heights, thereafter... It the becomes game the passion, in. the passion as well, and the hunger, I think the hunger and the desire mm. for that is no longer there. We just want to if we've got two or three fights left on our contract to ride out then then we go with that so i I'm, it'll be interesting to see if that if that plays out. do you have uh, odds uh, for for this weekend I
0: haven't actually quite looked at the odds just yet, but John is going to weigh in on this one he he tends to enjoy a a, a good old fisticuff from time to time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was just—I was having a look at the odds earlier, and uh, Covington's a massive favourite. Mm, I can see that. Yeah, I—I I don't know how much it—it's it's got to do with the uh, the previous fights, though, with the uh, with Usman. Yeah, well, look
0: that—that no. that Usman fight. You—you you watched it, uh, Johnny? Did you did you watch that fight?
1: No, I haven't. I haven't watched that one. I
0: will tell you what, that was a battle, and. Uh, Credit to to Covington. He he took he took some heavy hits. He he dealt out somebody. He he, he was. I, I wouldn't say he was manhandled. It was it was, it was convincing for Kamaru Usman. But Kamaru Usman, he is at the pinnacle, and rightfully so, of his weight division. He is just that good. He is afraid of nobody. And I think when when you when you look at it and you say look who can compete against Usman? covington might be the guy to come back to have that second fight with him but there there is there is a lot of work that needs to happen for for covington to get there and i, I think maybe just uh, getting a win over tyron might be might be a stepping stone to Working his way back to Usman, but yeah, Kamara Usman, different beast, different animal, absolutely fantastic, dominating, and uh, Jay might just hate him because he could be very, very boring. A lot of grappling, a lot of pushing up against the fence, a lot of uh, a lot of
2: working it. Now I got no, I got no issue against that type of uh, of fighting. Um, I, I kind of enjoy that that technical grappling, uh, dirty boxing, up close and but. What what I what I'm not enjoying is those who, who stay out of harm's way, who do not do not take a bit of risk. You're in the cage, for fuck's sake! Uh, so you expect getting as as a as an MMA fighter that you're gonna get a blow to uh, land landed against you, and yeah you go there. I mean, some of the some of the times, some of these fighters in recent years. They look unscathed. Not a blow landed on them because they stayed out of harm's way. Because smart
0: fighter that
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm used to. I'm used to the guys with the cauliflower ears, with with the face, with the welts, with the eyes where they can't see through those eyes any longer. Um, that kind of that kind of fighter goes out there and lays it on the line. And in recent times, and that's that's created that a bit of aversion. I I've watched nearly every single UFC fight before it became very mainstream where it's even come into into this country and it's available on our local broadcaster. I've watched everything. I've got a huge collection, collection yeah, so. and yeah, those fights, these current fights very very professional, but I won't I won't bother listeners with repeating myself with that comments.
0: <laughs> Johnny, so so uh, again, although you've looked at the the odds, you are winner for the this weekend. Covington or Woodley?
2: I'll put out a poll for it
0: as well. <laughs> well, Covington, um, I just look
2: at the... Oh, minus 360. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well,
1: uh, yeah, I suppose I have to start with the favorites. I just hope it's not a boring five rounds where they're lying on top of each other and it goes to judges. Hopefully, we get a bit of uh, toe-to-toe and throwing sandbags.
0: Well, Covington's, uh, Covington will give that to you. I'm pretty sure he will. I do, I do think... Uh, Woodley's going to probably want to wrestle. I don't know which Woodley arrives. There, there was a Woodley in the past when you went, yes, you know, who's fighting Tyron Woodley? Whoever's going to fight Tyron Woodley's got problems, you know. The man was dominating. Uh, and then when, like, again, I, I go back to after he lost to Kamara, which was very strange after that fight. I remember Tyron's mother hugging and giving um, Kamara it was when a kiss on the cheek and said, you know, be a good champion, all of that, as if it was a complete passover of the reins, that type of thing. So I just, I don't know where Tyron's head is at. And if Tyron's head is back in the game, he can become a contender. But again, this is fighting. So outside punt for the weekend? Sure. If I had to outside punt for the weekend, and this goes back all the way to um, the MotoGP, and purely because I like Brad Binder. No, I don't know, man. The, the, it it kind of seems this weekend's pretty set in in favorite land, let's put it that way. And there's no real big thing that you can can do to pick out. I, d- I don't see Covington really losing it. I see Covington winning the fight back. Let's get back to the UFC. Covington's probably got the fight Um Obviously, this after this card, next week's card, after that—that's the I think it's UFC 263 or something. I'll, I'll have to double check, but we'll talk about it then. But then we've got a really nice card to talk about, whereas Israel Adesanya comes to fight uh, Paula Costa, and there's already been some smack talk there. So maybe
2: you can you can <laughs> you can
0: work yourself into that. So uh, you don't so we don't so we
2: don't see Woodley pulling off the upset.
0: I don't see Woodley pulling off the upset. I think. I think Covington is hungry. You spoke about the hunger, that desire to win. Covington wants to get to the title again. He wants to fight Kamara Usman. Um, John is going with the favorite Covington as well. Do you have an outside punt for the weekend on any of the sports that we've discussed?
1: Um, I'd like to see Rossi on the podium. That that's uh, that's probably yeah. That is a good
0: one. Jay, could you could you check odds on that Rossi for podium? So well, well, Jay. It's not it. that
1: then. Then wolves are win at home. Wolves are win at no You see, uh, you've that. already
0: said city. You have called city. You are now. You are now going against yourself. Well, how, how do you? Just how do you do that? Maybe. The there a little bit. Why don't you hazard a guess for the Villa versus Sheffield, the one you're sleeping through? Uh,
1: they're probably Villa slim
0: winner. Maybe one 0 Okay, so correct score one 0 for Villa. <laughs> It doesn't sound like... And too Rossi much on an the podium.
1: Yeah. Sure. sure. Rossi on the podium.
2: Rossi on the podium. No, my, my internet's a bit slow at the moment. Okay.
0: Well, well, we'll check it out at some point. Um, if Jono says Rossi on the podium... Uh, You've got, you got fiber your side, eh, Jono. My, my hands are, yeah, are I mean, full of talking right now. So what, what do you see his odds at? Yeah. Jay, while, while he's doing that, let's talk quickly about, that, uh, about the fighting again. Um, Covington... He can dominate the the wrestling, and he, he isn't afraid to to throw hands. So I think you're going to enjoy this weekend. I think that is there. I don't know if they go five rounds. The, they both know how to go into deep water, but I don't think the fight lasts five rounds. So, so there is uh, there is that as a as a possibility.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. That's exciting uh most of my weekend the, the next few the next few coming um, game weeks is is full on with the 40. with the football so i'm going to try and make some time as i think i alluded to in the previous uh, pods whereby i've got to give the wife some attention as well what
0: apart from saying pass me the remote
2: well if when she does listen to that she's going to echo that sentiment because yeah that's like you like you've witnessed that take place so with all the games taking place just just and i'll always uh, digress to the footy uh, there's uh, it's important that that from an it's point of view you try and have a look watch the, as many games as possible in the early stages so you can set your team out as you prepare for your for your wild card so full. I think we got a full three days worth of football games this weekend, and my eyes will be on that. And obviously, the Moto GPs now caught my attention, mm. so I'm gonna, with no Formula One, as I channel hop, I'll be having a look at uh, Moto GP. So I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to cover the UFC. Of course, you'll be able fight. to it's
0: bright and early in the morning.
2: Yeah, she's she's gonna have me sleeping on the couch definitely.
0: Well, that's okay. You can you can uh, you can record that <laughs> and just. Uh, Pay no attention to the news feeds as they come. Jono, did you eventually figure out VR on the podium? No,
1: it doesn't look like the bookies
0: have priced it up yet. Sure, is he he that far out, eh? (laughs) (laughs) The weekend's still a while away. We'll check out for that. Okay, guys, so going into the weekend, once again, uh, Jono, thank you so much for joining us. We'd love to have you again sometime soon. Um, Good luck for your Manchester team. I I really do mean that for your sake. Um, For my sake, I continue to hope that every single team that uh, is in the big six that is a threat to Liverpool continues to draw because i don't I don't necessarily want to wish ill upon them, but if both teams can lose two points then I know I know we're doing <laughs> we're doing good and then uh, at the end of this weekend is uh, Newcastle United still above Manchester United Jay. Eh?
2: Well, we should be. And I think I called, I think last week I called top of the Premier League come end of Saturday would be Arsenal. So I got that right as well. Mm. So Newcastle, goal difference, we've got, we've got two goals in the bag. So I don't see United blowing Crystal Palace away. Okay. So, yeah, we should, the, big, the real United should be top.
0: Uh, okay, cool. And then obviously um, the psychological aspect of the, the fact that both Manchester teams missed out on game week one. They are now chasing.
2: Yeah, I think, I think points on the board and results, that, that's, that's there. We've seen last season, I think in the seasons that passed, how close the Premier League title can be. So it can come down to the last day of, 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 the, of, the, champ, uh, of the, the league. So points in the bag matters.
0: Okay. Again, boys, thank you so, so much uh, for joining us for the episode. And then uh, hope to see what happens on the weekend. And then we'll catch you guys next week. All the best, listeners.